0: What is going on, wellness gang? Welcome back to Embodied Wellness Radio, a podcast framed around making women healthy again.
1: Hey, everybody. It's good to be back. Now, as you know, at Embodied Wellness, we like to explore and open up discussions to all forms of wellness and experts from all over the world with Western medicine to Eastern practices, all the way to topics that may at first glance even begin to fringe on the ethereal. Today might be one of those episodes as we're going to be speaking with Mandy and Allison, the founders of Soul Star Energy Collective, offering services such as intuitive readings, shamanic healings, and Reiki. Welcome to the show.
2: Thank you for having us. I'm Allison. And I
3: am Mandy. And we came together in 2020 to open the Soul Star Energy Collective. And together we offer intuitive readings uh energetic healings and we consider ourselves intuition coaches because we feel like we just want to let everybody know that, that they can do what we do energy reading and uh healing is accessible for everybody and we're really passionate about sharing uh sharing that with everybody
0: And just a couple weeks ago, I did a reading with Mandy and it was so on point. And of course, like you always hear, wow, that was exactly what I needed to hear. But it was really interesting because we're both part of a group that is um, working on building each other up through business and the readings were primarily about business. And one thing that Denon and I had discussed this year is that I really wanted to focus on less forcing in business, less doing all the time. You know, I'm very good at getting shit done. (laughs) Everyone will tell you that. But I really wanted to make sure that we were able to enjoy our time together and to take care of ourselves um, throughout that. And when I started speaking with Mandy, she was like, you know, I'm just feeling really called to talk about you as a person. And I was like, what? (laughs) So this stuff really works and it's really, really powerful. And one of the first questions I actually asked her before we began was, did you learn how to do this? Like, did you teach yourself or is this something that you were just naturally born with? And it is really powerful to know that we all have this intuition and this wisdom inside of ourselves. And it's helpful to have people who can guide us, right? And help us bring that out. But it's also so empowering to know that anybody listening to this has the power to to tune into your own intuition and to find these answers within ourselves as well.
1: Now, before we get into it, I do want to preface by saying, as you can hear, Sarah is 100% sold on everything you do, and she's bought in. (laughs) I am speaking from part of the population that is highly analytical and, to be completely frank with you, skeptical of many of the practices that we might be speaking about today. So I will be offering maybe pushback from a different perspective as a form of discussion, and maybe you can help to um, open my lacking perspective in certain areas. However, I do think it's important to discuss both sides of the discussion because there's so many things here that people don't understand, such as maybe myself. So I'm really excited to get into this today.
0: Perfect. We are too. So we hear all the time on social media is very into like they call it the woo or the woo woo and you know people toss around these words like energy and spiritual and I feel like a lot of people might not actually even know what that means or what that is. So maybe you could just tell us what is energy healing what is energy and what kind of things does that entail.
3: Yeah, so energy healing is um, is really just the ability to go in and shift the energy for somebody. Like we all have an energetic body. Um, everything is made of energy that's scientifically proven. Um, and being able to go in and shift the energy for somebody um, with a healing or a reading is just really expanding their their mind and and their ability uh, to move through obstacles or blockages or, or, anything that might be holding them back. And it just sort of like, uh, it, it, just can have some really expansive, um, effects, I guess, after having received an energy healing, it just, you just feel blissful, you feel light, you feel like you can move on with your day. Um, and like I said, everything is energy. So just shifting that for people can be pretty, um, pretty expansive,
0: and can you explain to us, like, what is a person's energy or their energetic body? Like, when we're using this word, what, is, what does that actually mean in a person?
2: Yeah, so basically what that is, is like your auric field. So it's this uh, filtration system outside of your body that uh, takes in vibrations and frequency. And it just it transmutes it. And And what's happening with that is sometimes we can get... Um, a buildup of energy within our auric field. Um, and this can start to manifest and transmute into uh, physical ailments, um, you know, affecting our mood and depression. Um, and, and these are the things that, you know, we work with for clearing energy is so when we have this type of energy build up, um, we're able to kind of go in and start to unblock it. So it's just like a muscle when a muscle starts to uh, get a knot in it and it just kind of starts to form and that creates the center of uh, discomfort the same type of thing can happen when we're receiving energy and as we know energy is all around us and we're constantly um you know whether that's energy from the sun you have energy constantly moving around us so this is just our auric field that is like this filtration system we also have um the chakra system which is um these points of they're kind of like portals within the body um that are constantly kind of like moving and shifting and this is like a um what is it what do you call it mandy where it's just like a conveyor belt conveyor belt that's <laughs> coming from the front to the back of our bodies and we have these seven points in our bodies that um can really help when they're when they are Running smoothly, it's kind of these points that make the whole body kind of run smoothly. But when one of these gets blocked or clogged up, then this is when it starts to cause problems within the body.
1: So I fully believe and understand that everything in the universe is made of matter and energy. It kind of makes perfect sense that I've got this physical table in front of me. I've got this physical mic that I just tapped on and surrounding that would be everything that is energy, Right. Um, however, when you start to talk like about an auric body, I start to go, whoa, 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 when was this idea even proposed? Because this, I think this sounds a little out there. Now, I also used Mm -hmm. to think that, uh, even some of the things along with like acupuncture and traditional Chinese medicine, um, when you start to tell somebody about the hundreds of points on the body that they were able to figure out thousands of years ago to a millimeter in specificity. I start to realize, yeah, there might be some things we don't totally understand about the body, but when was the idea of like an auric field introduced into society and how long has this been maybe practiced?
2: Well, it's a, so one of the things that you have to think about is like, so, you know, when we say like the mic, you know, has energy to it, our physical body, right? There'd be no difference that if a mic has energy, why wouldn't our physical body have energy to it? It's, it's a physical thing that we can touch. Um, you know, in the sense of like, just the same with acupuncture. I remember going to my first acupuncture appointment and I was like, okay. Um, and this is prior to me getting into this work. Cause I was just like, it just, to me, I was like, how, how could a little needle going into my body affect me? And I remember it blowing my mind when things started to shift for me with, with that, I went to my first cranial sacral appointment. And again, I went in very skeptical. Um, and even when I left, because she barely touched me, and I was like, there's no way. And I went to a second time, and sure enough, the the body ache started to dissipate. And it made me open my mind up to the fact that there is so much about the physical body that we just do not know. A hundred percent we do not know. Doctors do not know. Um, and so these are all things that I think tapping into this um process this has been around forever it's this is ancient. how our bodies it's ancient it's how our bodies are made up hundred percent that's how our bodies are made up we are an energy that comes into this physical form
3: yeah and ancient and reiki for example is um dated back to ancient times so energy healing has been around since it's an eastern uh philosophy and eastern practice it's been around for, for centuries
1: So I think one question I do have is I was actually trying to grab it from the drawer behind me quietly. So I didn't interrupt, but I couldn't get it. But I've got a device that measures electromagnetic fields around the home. So I can actually see like, you know, what is the most dangerous areas of the house that we should probably separate ourselves from. So to me, I see these some of these energy fields that for example, the phone emits or a laptop emits. And I can see that as a measurable field is the aura something that is measurable.
3: Um, I'm not, I'm sure it's measurable. Somehow. Um, but it can be big and it can be small. I don't, know, I don't know anybody that measures auric fields or how you would do that. Um, but depending on your energy and how you're feeling physically, like somebody who's super healthy would have a healthy-sized auric field. Somebody who is ill perhaps might have a small auric field. Or somebody who's very meek or quiet or introverted and just like has, is very insecure might have a very small auric field. But somebody who comes into the room that has a big energy, you know, those people that just didn't like command their pre- their presence is just like big, those are people would have big auric fields.
0: So as somebody who uh, looks at people's auric field, can you see it on just like anybody walking down the road or do you have to be connected to the person or tapped in, tuned in in some way, shape or form? Or is it kind of like you're walking around and just like learning things about people just walking down the road? <laughs>
3: Yeah, it is kind of like an an uh, art practice. So there's definitely people out there that physically can see the color of your aura, and the color the color is tied to like um, chakras and has different meanings depending on the color of your aura. There's people who like Allison and myself when we connect to do a reading or a healing, we'll see the aura field. Um, but you can also just feel it. So when you learn how to be sensitive to the energy around you, to other people's energies, you can just sense people's auric fields and um, feel it physically.
0: Amazing. And something, I'm a very sciencey person. I love science. I've been studying it for a long time. And I started studying traditional Chinese medicine and acupuncture when I decided that that was one thing that I wanted to pursue in school. And what I found really incredible is that the fact that they can measure acupuncture points, right? So when we're learning in school, we're using the person's body and we're trying to use landmarks and we measure in um, sun distances, but they actually have acupoint finders and they're measuring energy and it would go like beep, 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 and it shows you the acupuncture point. So this is modern technology, right? And acupuncture points are energetic points on the body in general. This energy has been around probably since the dawn of time in some way, shape, or form, right? People have um, observed these things. And I find it really interesting that science is almost like catching up to things that Mm -hmm. we have known or societies have known in practice for a very, very long time, centuries. And the other interesting thing about energy points is that In Chinese medicine, they have acupuncture points. In Ayurveda, they have marma points. And a lot of them are very similar. So this is two completely different places of the world figuring out or observing these points, understanding these points on the body around similar times. And there's no way that they were connecting like, hey, you know, that point (laughs) that's like there on the body. Oh, yeah, we should use that one, too. Right. So when we actually take a broad scope of when these things started to surface or when people started to record them really is what it is. Um, It's pretty incredible how people were able to feel and understand these before we had what we have today in modern day society, where if we have Uh, suspicion, we want to know exactly how it works in science. And I feel like science is just starting to catch up to a lot of these practices and studying a lot of these um, ancient practices that use energy that have really been around forever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's pretty incredible um, just how many similarities there are with your Physical body or your biology, and also the energetic body, right? So when we talk about chakras, you can also uh-huh. look at biology, and you can look at the um, density of like nerves in those areas of the body. So can you let our listeners know just a couple of the similarities between your energetic body and what somebody might have in their physical body?
2: Yeah. So like with the with the chakra system. So like what I find when I'm reading somebody's energy and i'm going through their their chakra systems um i can pull forward information because different chakras are connected to um different parts of us for instance your sacral chakra that is connected to kind of your self-worth um your uh insecurities um how you feel about yourself and you know, one of something like that may show up to me where it's like just blossoming and blooming, and I'm like, wow, this person has a great sense of self. Um, I've also had it where you could, I would feel, I could feel their insecurities when I would tap into this um, energetic uh, portal, and I could feel that they struggled with their self worth, um, things like their throat, the throat chakra. If that if that is closed off and that's not running at an optimal, that is something where I've felt where somebody has um, an inability to express their truth. There's a block there. Um, You know, anytime I've gone into that and, you know, have felt that they are holding back or they're too scared to speak their truth, um, there's typically this kind of like block and you can feel your throat being blocked off um you know for instance I know Mandy has had with her throat chakra um how it is kind of manifested in the physical form has been where you you have to clear your throat um and that's something that you know energetically she's working with so that you know physically she's not having to clear her throat all the time so that's kind of like for me how it comes through on a physical form
3: yeah and just to add to that like when we're doing energetic healings when you're working in a chakra and we could read the energy of the chakra, we also understand that each chakra uh, is connected to certain glands or systems within our body. So when you're shifting the energy within that chakra or working to open it, it can also help facilitate healing within those specific uh, areas of your body.
0: Would you also notice uh, similarly like with where people have muscle tightness and soreness? So for example, would you notice that many people who have maybe blockages in their sacral chakra also have tight hips or immobility or any distinct or any similarities in that sense? Absolutely. Yeah.
2: Um, I've also noticed like when I'm scanning somebody's energetic body um, in their energy and their auric field i can see some like grayness some denseness happen when at a certain part of the body so i've had somebody where i could see this kind of dense cloud in their energy field on their left shoulder and then they've come and said oh i've had issues with my left shoulder for years um it's constantly tight. i'm constantly having to get it and so it's like energetically it's showing that there's this energy that has collected in this area causing a physical ailment.
1: So can you mechanistically take me through how you see some sort of energy blockage in somebody's left shoulder you're saying, um, Mm -hmm. and maybe they do have pain there. What, what are you doing to that shoulder, you know, to actually, and what's happening when you're doing that to make the pain go away or take away this energy blockage? someone for like me, like obviously I want to go for a, some sort of a treatment. Right. And I want to know what you're doing. Right. So that's kind of where I go. Okay. So that, that sounds great. Now, what are you doing? Yes.
2: yes. And so I don't know about if you want to go, cause I know you've kind of come across uh, mm-hmm. that with your healings a lot more.
3: Yeah. So it, it also depends uh, on how the uh, blockage or how the energy formed. So if it's an energetic manifestation, then it's easy to shift that energy. Um, by just doing the energy healing, what we, what we do. So like, are you, if I was to explain how I do it, I would, if I'm doing a distance healing, because energy has no boundaries, so you can pull forward the energy of somebody and their body within our mind's eye. So you pull them forward and then you're working in spirit, like in, in energy with their energy. So this is where it gets like super woo-woo, but it works. So if this, um, if this manifestation of energy was created by a frequency or by connecting to a lower frequency or something like that, then it's easy to shift. If this uh, manifestation of energy was created by an injury, like a physical injury, then we're not going to be able to like heal that. There's more to healing that than just like an energy healing. Like we're not miracle workers. We're just shifting energy, right? So you're, you're, there's going to be different modalities that you're going to have to use and an energy healing might help. Um, shift the energy if there's like a blockage within that space. But if it's a physical injury, because of something that you did physically, then um, you're going to need more healing than just an energy healing. Does that make sense?
1: That is exactly what I wanted to hear. I feel like that exactly what you said right there is going to separate a lot of the bullshit for people.
3: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, I'm
1: serious though. Like, I, like some Mm -hmm. people might hear some of these things that people are talking about and they're like, oh, I'm going to tune out right now. They're full of shit. But like, (laughs) cause I, no, seriously though, because like I've heard some energy practice stories and claims that are so fucking out there. It's unbelievable. Right. Where they like, I will heal your knee from uh, across the world. I'm like, you're full of shit. So like, that's kind of yeah. why I, I am pushing back a little bit to ask these questions. Cause that's, that's exactly what I want to hear.
2: And, and- yeah, we're- and so, yeah. And so like Mandy's saying, there's going to be ailments that is created by physical creation. Now, if this is somebody that's having, um, that energy is causing maybe some, um, their, their like tension headaches. So if that, if that is what co- is causing it and we have an energy block in that area and we can clear that energy out then that can dissipate it. But obviously, like Mandy says, if that if that's coming from lack of drinking water and you're getting a headache from lack <laughs> of drinking water, that's, that's on you. We can't clear that. But if that is caused from something, right, like on an energetic level that you're holding on to um, energetically that you're not releasing, then that could be something that we're able to release and to take away. So, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like there's this two, there's multi-levels to it.
0: Yeah, and even with something like an injury, there there still is a huge impact that our emotions and our energy plays on healing. So to say that Mm -hmm. you're going to go to an energy healer and you've had a chronic injury, let's say like a work-related injury, and it's going to completely be gone, maybe not. But we also do understand, and there's a lot of science and data to prove just how impactful our thoughts and our energy can be on the healing process. Mm -hmm. So yes, it is helpful. And I think it's important to say that as well, that it is helpful But it's like Mandy said, it's not miracle work, right? Like people are out here with physical injuries that need physical help for those as well. But it is important to integrate the holistic aspect of, yes, everything does matter. And yes, these things do help. But are they going to be like a one-stop shop for fixing your work-related injury? Probably not. And so this is a really beautiful topic. Um, Maybe you could let the listeners know a little bit more about how the energetic body can influence our physical health. So we chatted a little bit about how if there's an energetic block, it might be causing uh, tension headaches. So maybe you could just expand on how our energetic body would manifest as physical symptoms or affect our physical health. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So this really comes down to frequency and uh, like the energy that in which you exist. So if you are existing in a space where you're surrounded by negative people and you're super you're venting all the time like there there's this chart by David R Hawkins that you can look up and it is like the different frequencies uh like in the emotions that you sit in. So a lower frequency emotion would be things such as like anger, frustration, gossip, like um, all, of, all of the lower frequency if you're existing in that space like if you're going to work all the time and you're, you're around negative people all the time then that's the energy you're in. that energy is going to glob onto your your um, energetic body so the filter system and if you exist in that space all the time, then you don't and you don't cleanse your energy then that is going to start uh, to manifest in your physical body. But if you can exist in a higher frequency vibration consistently, so when you're in a place of like acceptance and love and joy and happiness and gratitude, then your energetic body is going to attract those frequencies. And those frequencies are not going to manifest into your body as a negative, um, as anything negative, right? So, and it's going to keep your energetic body clear. So again, like the energetic body is like this filter system and it depends on the frequency in which you exist in, whether you're attracting that type of energy and whether that's going to, to um, manifest in your physical body as something good or something bad. Does that make sense?
0: Mm -hmm. And I think a really simple way to think about this is body language right? What is body language? If somebody, if I walk into a room, I used to do uh, yoga and fitness classes. I could walk into a room and scan the room and pick out who's in a good mood today. Who's not feeling it today. I can look at some of the students who came to my class all the time and be like, homegirl, she's not feeling too hot today, right? So you can look at somebody, Ooh. is their chest open, right? Do they look like they're happy or are they kind of sunken in? And these are just emotions manifesting in our physical body. And so sometimes it can feel a little bit disconnected for people who might not be that into energies or the energetic body to make these connections. But if we really just think about like body language and when you feel sad, what is your, what do you do? Your chest collapses, you come down into this state. And so... This is on a small scale, right, of immediate emotion. But when we're constantly in these energies, it can have a larger effect on our body and our physical health as well.
1: So for any of the podcast notes today, you can find them at embodiedwellnessco.com slash blog slash energy healing. There you're going to be able to find any of the link material that we talked about in today's episode, such as the David Hawkins chart or anything else we speak about later in this episode.
0: So we talked a little bit about vibrations and frequencies, and this sounds like a little bit woo woo to some people who are like, okay, (laughs) what are we even talking about? So what really is a vibration or frequency and how can that affect our day to day?
3: So the energy, the, so every emotion holds a frequency, right? So if you are existing in a frequency of gratitude, then your automatically the frequency of your energetic body is higher and you feel better if you're existing or if you're in the frequency of an emotion such as anger or frustration which is a very common emotion these days then your energetic body is uh also uh, vibrating at that frequency and that is going to make you feel lower right Mm -hmm. so when you are trying to exist in a higher frequency you can get there through gratitude so if you find yourself existing in a lower frequency um, and you're feeling angry and frustration frustrated all the time and again having to make sure that you don't we don't want to exist in this frequency for very long because again that can like manifest into physical uh to physical things you could feel stressed out you'll feel tired you'll feel you just like who wants to feel angry and frustrated all the time in order to get to a higher frequency you can get that through You can get there the quickest way through gratitude. So whether you can find gratitude in that moment, find the lesson within that moment, that is how you're going to move into a higher frequency. And that's really going to affect your day um, and your next day and your next
0: day. Mm -hmm. And if you're listening to this podcast and you're not really sure what it feels like to be in a frequency, um, I'm going to give you a very simple practice. And I can think back to the exact moment when I felt what this shift really was of shifting your frequency or your vibration. So I remember, this must have been maybe four years back, I was sitting and I was just getting into meditation and I was sitting there and I was listening to Joe Dispenza and it wasn't even a guided meditation. It was actually on YouTube. It's called Listen to This Every Morning by Joe Dispenza. (laughs) And I was sitting there and I was listening to this recording and I was just, I thought I was just in a neutral state. And then he said something like, talking about emotions and just how impactful connecting to certain feelings can be. And I remember this feeling of joy and happiness come into my body and I felt a shift in how light I was. And I felt this change in the way that I felt. And I wasn't even, I didn't even think that I was unhappy or not happy to begin with. I would consider myself a generally happy person, but I could actually feel this emotional shift in my body and I just felt light And I felt this, yeah, kind of lightness and this joy come over my body. And that was the first time for me that I was able to understand what we're talking about. So all of these things can seem a little bit Um, People can feel disconnected if they aren't exactly sure what vibration or frequency means or feels like. So if you're listening to this and you're just starting to understand or want to get into this, think about emotions. And if you sit in silence and you just have no distractions around you, try to feel what it actually feels like to be in gratitude, to be in joy. Start to memorize what it feels like in your body so that when you're throughout your day and you're feeling angry, it will be easier for you to actually connect with that frequency once you've practiced feeling it in a calm and in a still state when you're just sitting there in meditation or in silence or whatever it is. So the more you practice, the better at it you get. And the more that you can pull or move towards that frequency when you're throughout your day to day and maybe you are feeling pissed off.
3: That's a beautiful um, example.
0: So we've chatted a lot about energy and frequencies and energetic healing. So as energy healers, what what are you doing? Like, what are some of the offerings that you have? If I was to come to you and say, hey, Mandy, hey, Allison, I really want to shift my energy or I'm just not feeling like myself, like what ways would somebody work with you and what does that entail?
3: So we offer um, intuitive readings. So a reading would entail us pulling your energetic body forward, running through all your chakras and really connecting to any blocks or um, obstacles that you have in there, but also sharing, you know, open chakras and things that you're doing well so you can read you can understand a lot about a person by just reading through the chakras like as allison mentioned in the solar plexus chakra you really get to understand where their self-worth is at in the throat chakra you really get to understand whether they're living authentically or whether they can communicate clearly You know, the heart chakra really shows whether there's a heaviness or whether there's heartbreak or whether it's really open. So reading the energy of the chakra can tell you a lot about a person. And if you don't understand your own chakra system, um, having somebody share that with you can help guide you or help put you on a path that really gives you clarity and direction. So then an energy healing also gives us the ability to shift that energy. So once we've determined where you're struggling or where there might be blocks or, or, once we determine a path or a direction for you, having an energy healing can help shift the energy so that you can release it. It doesn't, like I said, it's, we're not miracle workers. We, it sometimes will take a few uh, energy healings to really feel a difference uh, depending on where you're at or how, um, how heavy or dense the energy, the energy is. But it can really expedite the process of the healing or of the understanding um, to move through these blocks or shifts in your life. Um, and then finally, we also offer uh, courses. you know, like we mentioned in the beginning, everybody can read energy. Everybody can be intuitive. everybody can feel um, their energy or other work for, with other people. And so we're very passionate about sharing this. And so we have uh, workshops and courses if that's of interest to you on how to really start to understand your intuition. And then of course, we also teach how to read how to read chakras and how to read energy.
0: Amazing. And this is really powerful work. I can speak firsthand at how incredible it is, but we always say that the best kind of medicine is preventative medicine. So what are a few things that the listeners can do day to day to improve their energetic hygiene?
2: Yeah. So when Mandy and I first kind of got into this, one of the first thing we, we learned was energetic hygiene. And I remember, cause I am a very skeptical person. Um, I remember hearing this and and I know Mandy's the same thing. We're like, okay. Okay. Um, Like again, you can't see it. Um, It's something that you're doing in your mind's eye. So, so one of the things that we learned and through practice of doing this, we have noticed a huge difference. So uh, bear with me. It's going to sound woo. Um, So basically what it is is that we have learned that you're going to place like an energetic um, bubble around yourself. So just like everything is energetic when you're intentionally setting the intention to not allow other people's energies and frequencies to enter into your auric field Um, this is a way that you can help kind of protect your energy and um avoid other people's energies and frequencies coming into your space so for instance um You know, if you've ever gone to work and you're in this great mood and then all of a sudden you get there and, you know, somebody's in a bad mood and then somebody else is in a bad mood. And then all of a sudden you start feeling that bad mood um, and you start becoming that bad mood. That is that energy and that frequency invading into your space and and just affecting you and bringing you down. So creating these energetic kind of like shields, um, this can help kind of like shield that out that you're setting the intention. Um, that nobody's energy can enter in, and this can really kind of help. I know Mandy and I have both felt this, like, when going to a grocery store, when there's a ton of energies around you, um, this has made a huge difference. Um, in the physical matter, uh, crystals um, and gemstones, so, like, obsidian, um, that is a beautiful rock that can you can wear, like, a bracelet, a necklace, that can help um, cleanse and energy so that it's the protection type of energy. Um, So that's kind of what Mandy and I do on the daily type of thing.
0: What about breath? So my dad is a uh, developmental and complex trauma counselor. And he says, notice that when somebody tells you something that's maybe intense or triggers your emotions that you, we, we often hold our breath, right? We're like, and so exhaling can be a really great way to just let it out of your body so that we're not storing this energy inside of ourselves. Is that something you might recommend to someone as well?
3: Absolutely. Um, yeah, breath work is actually a really good healing modality. So um, using breath work to shift your energy is, um, is something that we recommend. I don't know that breath would help to protect your energy for type of energetic hygiene but it is definitely a healing modality that you can that you can do to help shift it
2: and it's like in the sense of even just releasing so when you hear something traumatic or anything like that the moment we start to uh maybe like stuff it down right if there's something that you're kind of like i don't want to deal with this emotion and i'm going to stuff it down those are energy blocks you're creating energy blocks so when you say hearing something and then like you hold your breath and letting it out, that's moving through it and allowing that energy to release. The moment we start holding that back, that's when we start to create energy blocks.
1: So I don't want to take up too much of your time. I understand that one of you do have to head out to an appointment right now. I've still yes. got some questions though. So if, if one of you, it was Allison, you got to go?
2: I got to go. Yeah. If you want to hop
1: out, thank you so much for being on today. I still thank got some you. questions though that I want to go into. So we're going to k- keep on going for a few minutes going. here. And um thank, thank you so you. much for being on.
2: I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you for letting me go. I was like, "Oh god, they're going to be mad." No. Nope. <laughs> okay. Have no, a good day. All. Thank Bye. you. Bye.
0: Hi.
1: <laughs> and then there was 3. <laughs> so, Mandy, question for you, okay? So, um we talk about energy healing. And I know we we kind of like briefly went over a few things such as like card readings, um, looking at chakras. I know another one is Reiki. So just from my personal experience, I've had card readings done. Uh, I, in fact, our, our friend uh, Brenly Cunningham, she got me one. It was kind of spur of the moment. She said, you need to go speak with this girl. Just trust me. So I said, okay, you know what? Let's do it. Whatever. Like I got nothing to lose. So I go in, and I know this girl knows nothing about me. She doesn't even know my name, and I introduce myself, and we just kind of start talking. And so, going into it, knowing that she knows nothing about me—not even my name—we got into some really interesting conversations, and she started to pull some some questions and uh, perhaps, uh, I guess you would say, views of me from her perspective that were so bang on it freaked me out a little bit and she even said some uh not even like general statements but very specific statements about certain aspects of my childhood that nobody could have possibly even scrounged up off of Facebook. Because that's kind of like a lot of the times when I start hearing card readings, I'm like, do they research them in advance and then kind of put out general questions that the person connects with so that they go, oh, wow, oh, my gosh, they they were totally bang on. Again, the skeptic in me uh, immediately goes to that. So I was immediately pretty blown away by that. So that was my first kind of like realization. Wow, you know, there might be more out there than we realize. People might have certain abilities that we don't understand. Next, my experience was looking into chakras. So I started um, reading a few books, and even, even a couple of years back, I started going into chakra meditations because I knew, noticed that like, based on like chakra, not science, I, maybe, maybe you can call it science, but based on kind of like chakra theories, there were certain things that I knew were uh, not aligned in my body. So I would put some focus into those areas and trying to kind of help open the barn doors in those areas, one of which was the heart chakra. And I did start to feel an immediate rush of energy and more um, just fulfillment in my day-to-day. One area, though, that I am not bought in on yet is Reiki. And to kind of bring this full circle, for example, I love yoga. I like practicing yoga, but I will never practice yoga unless I go pay to go to a session. Now, when I look at Reiki and a lot of the touted benefits uh, such as uh, helping with stress and anxiety, helping with digestion, even going as far as helping with fertility and uh, many diseases that come from a stress standpoint. I personally look at this from an analytical point of even if you take out the, the Reiki practitioner, if the person has a segment 30 to 45 minutes out of their day that they're taking to sit, be with themselves and in a meditative state, that stress reduction and that ability to implement some sort of stress relief in your day, would that not equate to exactly the same um, benefits that you would see from going to, you know, a Reiki session? So for me, I'm looking at it from even if the person just lies in a room on the floor without the practitioner being there, just that stress reduction its alone would probably have the exact same benefits. So I'm not totally bought in on the fact that, you know, Reiki in general works can you kind of explain to the listeners what Reiki is and maybe some of the measurable aspects around that?
3: Sure. Um, So first, I just want to to your point of like, can I do that just by sitting in meditation exactly what a Reiki practitioner does? Yes, you can. But people come to see Reiki practitioners because they don't do that or they don't want to do that. So they're looking for a third party to shift the energy for them. You can absolutely do your own energy work by doing going into meditation and doing the energy healing on yourself absolutely you can do that but people don't know how to do that so that's why they come see a reiki practitioner a reiki practitioner is just somebody who has been trained in the um ancient like modality of reiki that was discovered at, I can't remember the year but like it, it centuries ago by somebody a japanese man and I can't remember his name at the moment because like I I'm trained in Reiki and I'm a Reiki practitioner, a Reiki master. But what I do, I bring Reiki modalities, Reiki techniques into the energy healing. But I understand that it's just more than Reiki. Like Reiki is, there's symbols that you put in and I don't necessarily believe that I have to put a symbol, like draw a symbol in the air and put it into a chakra. I just believe and trust that I'm shifting the energy just by channeling Um, energy into the person that I'm working with and helping them shift within their chakras. Chakra centers are an energetic center. It's an energetic gateway. So going in there to shift the energy um, within that chakra is exactly what we're doing as a Reiki practitioner or as an energy healer. And I don't even know if healer is the right word. Healer is just like the broad word. It's more like we're shifting energy for you. It's just what we're doing.
1: Okay. So let me give you a scenario here. So you and I are sitting across from each other many, many miles away. Mm -hmm. If you were to take me through some sort of session right now, I don't know, maybe you're focused on some sort of chakra area. Um, would you be guiding me in order to help relieve some sort of tension, energetic, you know, clump in an area Or do you think that there is some way that you from a distance can actually change me without me doing anything?
3: I, well, I hesitate to say that I can change you. Like, do you think it's
1: internal me or external you?
3: Oh, um, it's both. It's both. So what I would do as as a, like a healer, and I put that in air quotes, is I would get you to relax so to go into a meditative state. So the way that the healing, the distance healing work or the way that I um, facilitate them is that we meet over Zoom. And then I guide you into a bit of a meditation with, you, like I ask you to get comfortable in your space, whether that's laying down or sitting in a chair. And then I guide you with some music through uh, a guided meditation to get you all centered in your body. So you're not like feeling, you know, stressed or, or you're just able to ground a little bit. And then you just lay there while the music plays and while the, while this meditative music plays i bring your i go into my own meditation and i bring your energetic body forward like i would in a reading and i am healing like i i'm shifting the energy in um in this meditation i'm using sacred sacred geometry i'm using um like my hands i'm just like it's just all done in the metaphysical world it's almost like we've gone into a different realm to like your energetic body and my energetic body so we're not physically together, but our energetic bodies are together. And that's where the healing is facilitated. So that's super woo, <laughs> but it works. I just did a group healing last night with Allison. I did a group healing last night with one of our, with one of our um, workshop groups. And there was 13 people that were part of this group healing. And we, I had a collective group of energy that I was doing a healing on and that Allison was doing, she was doing an individual healing on everybody in the group at the same time as I was doing a collective healing on the energy of the group. And I see it as like a cloud of energy. And every single person last night after the healing was so blissed out and so like full of love and joy. And just like, oh, like that was so amazing. So how can you deny that? Right. Mm -hmm. How can you how can you deny that experience?
0: Yeah. And it is interesting because um, anecdotal evidence is evidence And we always say, like, what the person is experiencing is valid, right? So even in medical terms, just because it doesn't show up on a lab test (laughs) doesn't mean that the person isn't experiencing these symptoms, right? And so it is important to also take into consideration that this stuff does work. And so I have a question about you as a practitioner. When you are in the metaphysical realm and you're with somebody's energy, for you, can you feel it? Can you see it? Like, what is that experience like for you?
1: And what is um, that? Of, what is that? Because you, you throw okay. out the term metaphysical, metaphysical realm, and yeah. a lot of people are like, oh, "I'm tuned out." <laughs> so, okay, like, yeah. what, what, what do you mean by that? Right? Like, am I on a okay. DMT trip? Like, what's? <laughs> honestly, though, well, like, I want to know. <laughs> you no,
3: know, that's a great question, and and truly, that's what it is. Like, when you go into oh. meditation, um, when you go into meditation, like, you can have trips. Like, you can go in and see all of these crazy things. And journey to all of these places through a meditation you don't like some people take acid to do that to to see all that sort of stuff but you don't have to like you can just do that through meditation um so the metaphysical world and this is where it does get really loose so like for people who just don't believe that you're you're a soul is an infinite being and you're just having this human experience for people that don't believe in the in like the spirit world or believe in a higher consciousness that sort of stuff like yes we're gonna lose them here for no sure but you know they're... what this
1: is why these long-form discussions are important because you know what I, I think part of the problem is and part of the reason that I might be playing good cop bad cop a little bit is because there hasn't been enough long-form discussions for people to go into detail enough long enough for men maybe the general population to be like what are they even talking about so like I think this is a great opportunity for you you know and your business but you, you and your Um, just belief system to actually be on full display because there is a lot of confusion around this. And that's why like, yeah, yeah, you go full in right now on, on all of these topics. Don't stop.
3: All right. All right. So it's really more than just um, like a metaphysical world. So what happens like when we come into this, into our bodies, like we are just an infinite soul made of pure love coming into this human experience. The whole point of our lifetime is to learn lessons. Our soul, on the other side, all our soul knows is love. That's all that exists in heaven or in the spirit world is just the vibration and the frequency of love. If a soul wants to evolve and to have experiences, they have to come into an incarnation on planet Earth and have like experiences and challenges such as, you know... um, Like, well, frustrations and like you're going to experience abuse or trauma or like how you can't experience those sort of things when you're in the spirit world. So the whole point of a a lifetime is to is to go through these experiences so your soul can evolve on the other side. So when you understand that we're just a consciousness where our soul is just an energy and as soon as our body dies, our soul still exists, then you can understand that there's different realms that you can access in your mind because your consciousness is forever and ever evolving and infinite so when you go into a meditation you're you're really connecting with your consciousness with your higher self and then you can go and experience these things in different realms so when we're doing healings or readings we're working energetically with each other in like the metaphysical realm like in a different realm
0: so if a person has never experienced that. They've never felt their higher self. They've never felt this experience of um, connecting with this consciousness or this energy. Are you still able to access their energy or do they also have to be in this vibration or in this frequency?
1: And and one question to add on to that, that feeling of a higher self, is that like I've experienced flow states in many different ways. Is that kind of the same, like just there's no time time doesn't exist anymore and you're just living in like the infinite now is that the same feeling as I, I like I'm trying to figure out have I experienced my higher self <laughs> yeah.
3: you have that is you experiencing a different realm because time and space do not exist on the other side so when we come into this incarnation we all come in with human amnesia because what is the point to life if we remember exactly what we're supposed to be doing like we would be like okay well I know that this is my lesson in this lifetime is to is to learn about boundaries, and then my another lesson perhaps is to learn how to uh, get through the trauma of abuse or or whatever. So we all come into this lifetime with a lessons that we're meant to learn, so that our souls can evolve um, when we get back home to the other side. So when we are connecting to our higher self, so because our energy, like our soul is an energy, it's a consciousness, we always have a piece of our soul still connected to the other side. So that would be considered our higher self. When we're connecting to our higher self, we—that that is our intuition. Our higher self knows exactly what we're supposed to be doing in this lifetime and is guiding us always. So our intuition is our higher self. When you experience the flow state. That is you connecting to a different realm. That's you in meditation or wh- whatever, zoning out, uh, traveling, astro traveling or uh, connecting into a different, into a different dimension.
1: Because athletes speak about this a lot, right? And like, not even just athletes, but musicians. Uh, obviously, yes, athletes, but people who are working highly focused on a project. It's called many different things. And I, I once read a book called "Stealing Fire" by Stephen Kotler, where uh, he essentially he's the founder of the Flow Genome Project, where they tried to, they're essentially trying to artificially create uh, flow states in many different ways. And uh, he had a history of doing it with downhill bikers and surfers and whatnot. And I. I think one of the most addictive things in the world is flow states, right? And I've always tried to kind of, I've had this question in my mind of like, is that your entry point into something higher? So it's, it's interesting hearing you speak about it at that point, because I think one of the reasons so many of us get addicted to uh, physical adventures and exertions and whatnot is because those flow states are so brief, and so so fleeting, but there's no feeling in the world. I have ever experienced no drug no anything that has ever taken me to what it feels like to be even in a 20 seconds or 30 seconds of flow and uh yeah it's it's interesting hearing you talk about that
3: yeah and it's it's funny because people are making it such uh like it it isn't so hard to get there to where you were in that flow state it's it's people are trying to scientifically prove um or explain it but it you it's easier if you just allow yourself to believe in it, right? If you just step into trust and faith and allow yourself to believe in something that you can't tangibly, um, you know, prove, then you're going to access that space way more often. And you can access that space daily if you wanted to, just by going into meditation and connecting to your higher self or connecting to your spirit guides or to higher beings or, or whatever. Um, And it's, it's so simple but people make it to be like such a huge thing and this is the one of the things that Alice and I are so passionate about sharing is because we if we had known this our whole lives that we could like really just be guided in our lifetime by our higher self or connecting to our intuition and going into meditation to receive guidance like life would have been so much easier and now that we live in this space daily life flows life flows for us we're no longer Feel like we're working against the grain like when you're working against the grain you feel like you're coming across all these obstacles then you're not on path you're 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 working against the universe but once you step into a place where you're working with the universe things just come to you uh life flows it's easy you just have this higher perspective and you can just you just try you just trust and you just have faith and you move through life um a lot happier
1: i'm gonna try to do a little bit of research after this and maybe attach it into the podcast notes because um although you say it's easier to believe i do think there's a level of measurability that is available in this like when they when they have brain scans of people in meditation and in flow states i'm sure we could look at maybe potential correlations to being able to see like i wonder if certain parts of the brain are active or inactive in both states and if there is any sort of comparison that can be done
3: with quite possibly, but quite possibly that science hasn't been done yet or that experiment or that comparison hasn't been done yet because all of this metaphysical uh, this conversation it, it's all newer. like it's becoming more mainstream. There's so many more humans uh, awakening to uh, to understand this and to over this next year in the past couple of years. So this is maybe something that you'll come across or that you could you could do, but I don't know yet. I'm very interested to find out, yeah. You know. So please share with me if there is in uh, something that you can find, but I don't know that there, it'd be there yet.
1: Amazing. Well, you know what? We talked about a lot of really awesome, awesome topics today. And I, I think a lot of the viewers are and, and listeners are going to hear a lot of, maybe in my opinion, I love the back half of this podcast because I think there was a, we were able to go a little bit deeper into there and maybe mm-hmm. I, I think it was calming even to myself to even hear you hear about your, uh, your belief systems in like where the soul, soul goes afterwards and such. But do you have any other topics that you want to bring up today on the podcast before we finish it up?
3: Um, I don't think so. I just I just really want um, everybody to understand that this is something that you can learn. And it's a skill. So people think their whole lives that only, um, only certain people have these gifts to be able to read energy or connect with past loved ones in the spirit world or whatever. But it is not a gift. It is a skill and something that we all can access if we put the work in to um to learn about it and to understand it. And this is something that we cover. All of the topics we talked about today, we cover in our intuition 101 workshop and we talk about all of this stuff very transparently in our podcast called behind the emerald veil. Vale. Allison and I talk about our development and our journeys and there's so much uh, information just like what we talked about today in in there. So it, there's so much to understand when you're trying to to get to dive into it. Um it, it's, it's very broad. But uh, once you understand it, it's just like, it's transformational.
1: I've got one more question for you. I think a lot of the things that we talk about today is because humans have so many questions about ourselves that we just simply maybe we can't comprehend our, our very simple little brains have only developed over the past few 1000 years, really. Um, and we've had these uh, very innate and animalistic instincts that have been developed for 10s of 1000s of years. Um, so one, one thing that we always rattle around in our brains with is this idea of existentialism, right? Um, and when you were talking about the separation between the soul world and the, you know, our physical world that we're currently occupying, it, it does make me bring up the question. And if it's too personal, you, you can, you can always skip this, but what, what happens or what do you believe happens after we die in our physical body?
3: Well, our phys- physical body dies, but our soul exists on like it is infinite. So when our physical body dies, our essence, like our consciousness, also known as our soul, will leave our body and go back to the spirit world. And that's where our home is. This isn't our home. This is an experience that we're having. So we go back to the spirit world and exist there. And we continue to learn and to evolve as a soul in the spirit world. So we, there's a lot more to that which again, we talk about in our intuition 101 workshop, because a lot of things go on in the spirit world, and we're constantly learning up there. But we can't learn uh, things like we can't learn the lower negative, like the lower frequency things in the spirit world, because all it is is love and um, high vibration.
1: Do you think that occupies the the physical universe, or at least the universe that we know of around us? Because like, or the energy around us that is not physical? Or is that, you know, kind of like a multi dimensional thing?
3: It's a. It's definitely well. It's a different dimension. It's a uh, the fourth dimension is where the spirit world. We're in the third dimension, so it is the fourth dimension. And but you can access it like it's all around us. It's just a. It's like lifting the veil. You just have which is why our podcast is called Behind the Emerald Veil because we're just lifting the veil for you to understand um, the metaphysical.
1: Amazing. Well, you know what I think that uh, wraps up all of the questions I've got today. Thank you again so much for coming on today. All the podcast notes can be found at embodiedwellnessco.com slash blog slash energy healing. Mandy, thank you so much.
0: Thank you so much for coming on our show. Thank you for having me. It was so much fun.
1: Thank you for listening to today's podcast. This podcast provides general information and discussions about health and related subjects. The information and other content provided in this podcast or any linked materials are not intended and should not be construed as medical advice, nor is the information a substitute for professional medical expertise or treatment. If you or any other person has medical concern, you should consult with your health care provider and seek other professional medical treatment. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you may have heard on this podcast or any linked materials. If you think you may have a medical emergency, call your doctor or emergency services immediately. The opinions and views expressed on this podcast are of no relation to those of any academic, hospital, health practice or other institution.